That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, jobbers, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, is Nelson Mini alongside for the writers of man that always is Jamaican McCrazy, JC. Yeah, I mean, CM Punk, he does a lot of great things, but sometimes the corn comes out, and that was corny as fuck. I mean, you know, there's that, but what are you going to do? Hey, not it much. It is what it is. But I'm going to tell you where we're going to start this week, Nestlemania. We're going to start in the shine, and we're going to start with that man, CM Punk, CM Punk, because guess what? He was on SmackDown. He was on Raw. He was backstage at NXT. The man's everywhere. He's a company guy. Who would have thought? Ten years later, almost to the day, the man is a company man. But we'll start off on SmackDown, because we got more of that punky promo from him than his little Raw, like little Raw Raw Shish that he had in his opening promo, but got a little more. He dropped some names. He alluded to punching people in the face backstage. And uh, he said all that Seth Rollins has is that son. And I tell you what, he ain't wrong. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see him on SmackDown. Obviously, that will be the last time uh, until they decide to break the brand split again, which is almost every week. Because on Raw, he officially signed with Raw and Adam <laughs> Pierce, And then we got to him and Rollins, uh, of course. So I am curious how you feel about CM Punk. It seemed like it was a slam dunk. He was supposed to be on Raw. He's... He's definitely somebody that needs to be on Raw. It's three hours. He's a very heavy promo guy. Um, you can say he's the best in the world. I don't believe that anymore than anybody else does. Uh, but on the microphone, he grabs your attention. In the ring, eh, you know, not for me anymore. But again, the lead-ups to things he's going to be doing are fantastic. Um, he had a couple of interaction backstage, as we joked about the Jamaican Me Crazy thing. But also with, uh, you know, backstage he had... Of course, Judgment Day, which if you you know read everything on Twitter, that he will be facing Dom and MSG, which is bizarre to me, but it is what it is. Um, he's getting a lot of time. He's getting a lot of exposure. And it's funny to me because it just feels like, are they parading him out hoping he gets measurements, you know, in terms of, you know, metrics here that he's moving the needle, YouTube views, Twitter views uh demographics maybe getting helping the tv deal like there's all sorts of things that he's doing but if 10 years ago you wouldn't even think they'd think that way about him no i think it's just that he's new he's back and people want to see him so you're gonna have him out there and i think it made sense to have him on smackdown this week because they we knew he was going to raw so it's like this is a way it's a tribute to the troop show you know we can pop him up there say oh he's making his return to smackdown yada 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 they can do the interesting things with him thinking about knocking on the bloodline door running into kevin owens backstage which i think was interesting because it's just this is the beauty of the triple h era is there's all this foreshadowing to be like yeah Someday he's going to fight Kevin Owens. Yeah, he's going to be tussling with the gym, uh, Judgment Day. And they got right into it with Seth Rollins. We know that isn't first up. 
uh because uh seth has drew i believe on uh the new year's eve show so they are doing their day one type thing uh they're doing on raw for that shit uh because i believe that monday is january 1st but it's punks in the rumble he entered it but we had that nice back and forth with seth they just did it they ripped the band-aid off they're like look at this is what we know people want to see this is what seth clearly wants and we're going to set it up and we're going to start foreshadowing because it certainly appears like they are on a collision course likely at wrestlemania and i'm curious what you thought of the back and forth on the promo um the part of the promo I like the best was Seth just being like, I hate you. And I'm like, good. This is what this is what you need to hear. This is how we drive it. Whether it's true or not, it's just like that's what everyone perceives. So you just fucking nail it in. And Seth is kind of the goal for CM Punk as he does other things. And it's just having that disdain for him. When we finally do get to it, it's going to be sweet. So it's hard for me because I really do love the idea of Seth Rollins and CM Punk at Mania. I think that's you know a big, a big thing here. Um, and as they talked about on SmackDown and Raw that, you know, he has to finish his story, right? So there's like three stories that need to be finished in the WWE right now. Maybe a couple more. Well, there's, but a it, few. there's a few. But the one thing that I really, really enjoyed was kind of just he got out there, he did his pleasantries, and then he, you know, got excited. And then then Seth Rollins came out and it was like, okay, and I saw this tweet. It's not an original thought by me, but it bears repeating here. I was getting kind of fatigued, I think is probably the best way to say it, when it comes to Seth Rollins being kind of goofy. And there's the gear shift into him not being so goofy and him taking this seriously. And it felt real, even if it wasn't. And that's good on Seth Rollins' part, right? But the one thing I've I've noticed about the entire thing is it just feels like a foregone conclusion now that we know that CM Punk is entering the Royal Rumble that he's most likely going to win the Royal Rumble and pick Rollins because that makes most sense here. But I don't know how you feel about it because I don't like we, you, you and I kind of, I think agree that Cody Rhodes is most likely not winning the Rumble again and he's going to have a yeah. longer road to get there. The men's is a two horse race. It's, it seems like Cody will be challenging Roman Punk will be challenging Seth. They're both in the Royal Rumble. Um, and so it would seem that it would be obvious that one of them would get it. I mean, I've thought it was Gunther since last year. That was my prediction, but if he's still holding that IC title, obviously it puts a little doubt into that. And I think an interesting thing for him in the Royal rumble this year is maybe they do go with Gunther Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, because that's a guy on the list for Brock that it hasn't happened yet. And this could be a way to be like, you know what? Gunther's going to have plenty of time to go at world titles. CM Punk is not, he's the older guy strike while the iron's hot. We're going with him. So Gunther, you know what? We're going to have you fight Brock fucking Lesnar. I think that'll uh, work out pretty well. But yeah, I think the Rumble for the men is a two-horse race. It's CM Punk. It's Cody Rhodes. You don't see the back-to-backs very often, especially with a baby face because it's kind of tough. But I could see them do it because I think Cody's so over it won't matter. But I think Punk's an easier one because it's another thing he can check off his bucket list. It guarantees that he's in one of the main events at WrestleMania, likely night one. Uh, and they'll kind of play around with maybe he thinks about picking Roman, but yes, obviously with Seth antagonizing him, that appears to be the direction we are headed, which is uh, what I wanted all along. So I'm pumped. Our boy, the boy, our boy, the Joe stopper said Cody Roman can happen without uh, the winning of yeah. the rumble. Which so is can punk Seth. That's yeah. so can punk Seth. That's what makes it interesting. Both I of think, these can now happen without it. So I think the, in the interesting whole, whole part of this promo on Monday between Rollins and punk is someone made a comment that, you know, it really is the hangman promo, but done better. 
you know, and it felt a little bit more real, which again, we don't like to poke too much fun at AEW. Make sure that you, that you hang out with your boy, mm, Joe. I think we do like to poke some fun at AEW. Eh, I was trying to be nice and coy about it, but apparently you just blew up my spot and that's okay. That's okay. Um, the one thing I will say here is there was one real line that I really, really enjoyed that Seth Rollins put out here. He said something along the lines of, you're either going to self-destruct like you normally do, mm. or I'm just going to beat you. And mm. I was just like, what a great tidbit of a line. And the real the real part of this that I really enjoyed, and I think it was stupid. I think Bully Ray put out a fucking a poll. It was like, who had the win in the promo battle? It was like, clearly it was Seth Rollins because it was designed that way for Seth Rollins to get his shit in. And Seth did what he had to say. He basically had a mission statement there. And then Punk looked at him and said, that's your free pass. That's your free pass. You know, next time I'm coming for you and I'm coming for you with, you know, with words essentially. So I thought that was good because it gave you a moment to go, I'm in the rumble. I'm official. I'm on raw. We're not going to touch each other and most likely to mania. And we're off to the races there. So I think it's interesting, but I, I am, I am curious to see if he makes an appearance on NXT or if he makes an appearance on SmackDown, because I feel like, the lines are definitely blurred in general with Cody Rhodes being on SmackDown for this. Whenever he wants, baby. Whenever he wants. Um, you know, tribute to the troops is one thing. I get it, but. He's on there almost every week anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those like, you know, our boy Ray Ray trying to be the company man sticking up for that chat. I'm like, dude, he's on SmackDown like every week. No, I think, I mean, I think right now with Punk is just like, he keeps saying he's happy and he's home. And I think he's telling the truth. He's legitimately happy and he feels like he's home. His career has come full circle. He's seen people. He hasn't seen them a long time. People that he considers friends. He's made up with people that maybe he had a rough, rough, rocky thing with him. The WWE that he left is so different than the WWE that he's come back to. And yeah, if I were him, I'd be hanging around NXT too. It's cool to see that next gen of talent. Obviously, you have AJ's kids down there, which fucking love and adore him. And also, I don't know if you realize this, but CM Punk is a huge fucking Shawn Michaels mark, like me and many of the rest of us. So the fact that Shawn Michaels is fucking running a show and kind of like molding the next generation is probably really fucking cool to him as it is to a lot of other people. So it's one of those, it's cool to see. It's cool to see that he's happy. He's willing to go around. I mean, look, he's an older guy. He's a vet. He's been around it. As the time goes on, his schedule will probably lighten a little bit because that's just how it is for a lot of these guys. But I think right now it's like he's willing to do it all. He's happy to see everyone. He's willing to talk to people. We hear things about him going through, giving people notes at NXT. Like, that's the cool shit. Cody did the same thing when he came back. He's going all around. Like, it's just one of those things for these guys. Like, it just I think it's just part of the process. And you know what? Punk keeps saying he's a different person. I don't know if he is. I. It's one of those things. Like, maybe he has. Like, experience always changes people one way or another is maybe he truly is a little different. I don't fully buy it. I think, you know, we'll see what happens when you can't really judge something until you get like kind of that adversity. But I do think it's at the point now where it's like, I think there's parts of him that he will react differently. And I think the thing that we hammered home on this podcast week in and week out, ever since he left AEW, whatever happened there and all that bullshit there will not happen in this company because it is a different structure. There are different people in the back and just like across the board, it is more professionally run and less inmates running the asylum like AEW. So I think it's just going to be different no matter what, but I think it's cool to see that he's all in that he's happy. Cause look at man, CM Punk, He's always been a guy that when he's on TV, I have to watch him because he's interesting. Whether you like him or dislike him, CM Punk is just fucking good. He's older now. 
His matches, like you said, I don't give a fuck about him either, but I didn't give a fuck about him in AEW, but every time he was on, I still want to see it. I still think he could tell a story in the ring. I just think, obviously, athletically, we're going to look at sometimes and be like, oof, but we're talking about WWE, man. They put people in there that shouldn't be wrestling all the time, and they usually look better than normal, except for The Undertaker. So it is what oof. it is. Wow, you even put in an Undertaker burn in there. Nice. Yeah, burn is. I mean, come on. CM Punk's going to be doing better in the ring than that guy. I, I don't think there's anything else we can really add here, except that we're off to the races to the Royal Rumble here. It's the other thing I wanted to point out here. Based on what I watched on Monday Night Raw, it made me feel like if I had to predict right now, it is CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, and maybe like a Jey Uso in the final four. Like, that's what it feels like right now. So you think it's going to be all raw? I mean... Who else is on SmackDown that, I mean, maybe Solo? Bobby maybe. Lashley. I think, here's the thing about Bobby Lashley is he's presented in a way that he should be, but I don't know if Triple H looks at him as like a bigger deal than he is. I don't know. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because I think I think KO is a guy that could have a good showing there, but it's just, we also got to remember, it's like, I think Punk and Cody will probably be there till the end because they're like legitimate chances to win, but it's one of those things, like especially with Drew McIntyre at that point and Jey Uso, if they have certain feuds they want to build to, you can always take care of those guys early. That's why it's just like, like I said, I think Gunther would be a good pick again, but I have a feeling that we might actually be headed towards the possible Brock Lesnar route at Mania because I was just going through it and I'm like, I kind of, I think this is the year they can they, to do it. So those two could take care of each other early. Those are two guys that would probably be in the end. Randy Orton's obviously going to be fighting uh, Roman Reigns, but if that match happens before, maybe he gets in there and has a good showing. Who knows? And you also have, who knows if Cena comes back and all these other guys. So you never know, but I'm sure there's going to be one surprise. It'll probably come from the SmackDown brand. Um, I mean, Lashley's off and obvious and KO are the obvious ones, but you never know who they might want to spotlight in these situations. So it's certainly it's, I think it's one of those things we're going to be looking at the rumble this year and be like, Holy shit. I can't believe this guy and this guy and this guy weren't in it because the roster is currently loaded on the male side, especially for single stars. And never mind if they want to do a couple surprises that takes away from other people, or if they do want to do an XT person or two, it's going to be real interesting because I think this could be one of the most loaded loaded rumbles in terms of top end talent in a long time. The only, I'm um, the only thing I'm wondering is like, you know, the, the one where Brock was in it and throwing motherfuckers out, that's an all-timer, right? So, oh, like, yeah. No so matter if you have a rumble of all time. I mean, 92 is up there. That one is up there for me because of the the, non, the nonsense that happened. They made a star that night, right? It's hard for them to duplicate something like that over and over and over and over again. But it, it just seems like with the stacked roster that you would have a better shot at telling better stories. You would think. But yeah, and I think I think they we've seen with WWE in the Rumble, even when the booking wasn't at its best, the Rumble was something that is always for the most part well booked. There's usually a purpose for everyone. They use it to set up feuds, continue feuds, have funny, fun moments here and there. So it's like I have complete faith in them with the Rumble every year. Okay. Moving on. And uh, what else would you like to put in the shine? Meat! I got two meat matches of the week, Nestlemania. First, we're going to start with the one that was, uh, I, I said last week when I saw it previewed. Willie Mack and Wardlow on collision. That show's been a crock of shit lately, but this match was not. It was the first time we've seen Wardlow go more than like 30 seconds in a while. I mean, Willie Mack's a big fucking boy, and Wardlow was tossing him around like it was me in there. 
And that is fucking cool. Willie Mack, also a stud. I don't watch much TNA, but when I did, he was always a guy that I thought was super fun, fun to watch. So it's cool to see him kind of getting an opportunity here on a bigger stage here and there. Uh, Cause I think he's fully signed with AEW. So, but that's a match. If you haven't seen it, check it out because the meat, I had some steak tonight in WrestleMania. First time I ever cooked it in the air fryer. Mwah. So I'm in a very meaty mood. So that's why you're getting two this week. The other one, we go to Monday night meet where you have the rematch between Bronson Reed and Ivar. You got the fucking big Aussie meat versus the big hairy Viking meat. And they just meet it all over that goddamn ring. I actually put down here, not, not only is it the meat match of the week, but it delivered, it over-delivered. It was a fucking steak on a plate. It was awesome. I like absolutely, that's superplex. I was just like, holy mm. Fucking a, and I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I've known Ivar for a very long time. I've watched him from, you know, like when he was just putting up the ring and doing nothing to seeing him go to Japan, ring of honor, all that shit. Like he's always been a nice person. So to see how untalented he is and, and getting his, his just do just makes me so happy to see somebody like that flying around. I hope that one of them gets another shot at Gunther. Uh, but it seems like we're in this like vortex of meat, a meat vex. I don't know, but, uh, Wade Barrett is coming through on the meat puns and uh, every Monday night, so I'm okay with it. They the drop thing- them on AEW too, man. They're, everyone's all into the fucking meat. I mean, whenever uh, yeah. anyone talks to fucking Miro backstage, they mention meat. So yeah, it's just it's it's fascinating to me that like normally that would be an abundance in the 80s. Like there'd be big dude versus big dude, right? Like it'd just be a random fucking match. Yet now somehow now because of the most likely they hire smaller athletic guys the men of meat have gone away a little bit, right? It, it, it's not so uh, ordinary to have a meat match of the week, but when it does happen, it's fan-fucking-tastic, and they put the right guys out there every single time. So it's fascinating to me to see what happens. I hope that something happens when they break apart from each other here because that's, that's what makes me nervous is, like, you can enjoy these matches, but then what else happens afterwards? Because, you know, as, as, as Ivar just kind of be floating until Eric comes back, is Reed really going to be taken seriously or is it just kind of like a holding pattern? I'll be curious to see what happens. I think Reed will be fine. Cause he's already been a guy that's kind of being presented well. And like, he's a guy that we've both come like full circle, full circuit on. Um, but Ivar is one of those guys. I think as, as long as Eric said, he's just gonna have some fun singles matches. Probably wouldn't expect anything big, but I mean, I think Bronson Reed, he's the real deal. We've seen it for a big guy that size, he does things that shouldn't be able to be done, which we're kind of blessed because we have a lot of big men in the sport right now like that in uh, both companies. But it just, I mean, we know he's a Triple H guy too, so he'll be fine. But yeah, Ivar, it's like, I expect fun matches out of him. It's a three-hour show. You can have a nice fun match here and there with some guys, and it's something you don't normally see because normally he's in a tag team, so they can take advantage of that. Something else that I'd like to put in the shine, R-Truth having multiple What's segments. up? Just the fact that like, him being a, a backstage with all the baby faces and being like, ah, happy Christmas, happy Thanksgiving. And then like everybody was confused and Otis out of everybody was like, mm, turkey, I love it. <laughs> like I, the fact that Otis was okay with it being Thanksgiving was just like the, the coup de gras on it. And then later on with the judgment day being like, I'm sorry, JD, you're out of the group. Nobody likes you. And then Finn being like, I like him. Like I like our truth. Yeah. And then doing the what's up. I was just like, this is outstanding across the board. And he doesn't have to wrestle. He He's just, he's that, like we've talked about, it's so crucial to have something, someone be at the bottom of that hour when it's just some random thing that you don't care about and you're looking on your phone or you're looking at your tweets and stuff. 
when our truth is on my television, I just think to myself, it's so simple. Anybody could do it, but not anybody could do it. He 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 is mastered the the way of being a comedic act. He has mastered not being in ring and still being relevant. And he's like 50 years old and he still looks amazing. And he and he he's got great comedic timing. Absolutely. I don't think there's anybody out there that has better comedic timing than him. He's he's great. I mean, you know, one of my favorites of all time was he Slater. And the run he had is what Truth has been doing for several years now. It's just like those guys, like there's always a spot for them in a three-hour show because you can mix them in with literally anyone and it can work. Even the most serious guys. Like the Judgment Day is supposed to be a pretty serious group, but it's just one of those things that provides a little bit of relief to the tension in that group right now. And it just obviously like it just he plays off people so well. So it just he's he's one of those guys that as long as he wants to keep doing it, he's always going to have a job and an opportunity to do stuff because you can literally plug and play him anywhere in any feud, in any segment, any moment, anytime. So adjacent to truth, I did want to bring this up here. I don't necessarily think it's heat or shine or anything like that, but I am curious how you feel about it. I'm kind of like in purgatory. The creeds were out there in babyface bonanza on Monday. Mm-hmm. They were there to save truth and they were out there to save your boy at the end. Um, do you think that it's too much too soon because they want them to get a reaction and they're like beating people over the head to understand like, hey, these are the babyface tag team. Cheer for them. They're with your pals. They're with our truth and they're with Cody and everything's okay. No, I think this is they want to get them exposure on the main roster. Be like, look, at these guys are the real deal. It's one of those things because we the first week, like the day the company was all oh, they're just in a match. It's like, well, now they're giving you even more of them and they're showing you like these are guys like they are like I've said before, they are the perfect babyface tag team to watch in the ring because they just fucking they are like those ah, like pumped up meatheads and like obviously super athletic and they have the fun moves, they have the fun names and they're brothers, they have the look. It's just like it's just like they work. And I think there's a real shot they could win the next week. I'm sure there'll be some good god because it's Monday Night Raw. But I think it's just one of those things. It's like they are the new thing. And if WWE is serious about trying to actually like, you know, start to push tag team wrestling, you need a legit tag team that people like will like and it works. And rubbing up against Cody and everyone else, like that's what you've got to do when you have a new act that you want to tell us that they matter. This is how you do it. And I thought it was a nice touch, the thing with Cody, because I didn't expect it. You know, we expect this to be the normal, like, Jey Uso, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's nice to see sometimes where you get the randomness of, but, like, these guys are just in the back. Even if they're not connected to someone, they come out and they see it and they do the thing. I think sometimes it's too obvious who comes out to make the saves. So in this particular instance, I was like, huh, I didn't think that would be a thing. That's interesting. Now, I'm sure it will lead to a six-man tag at some point, which I know you won't love, but I think it's just – I thought it was a nice touch because I was the last – I didn't really expect them to come out to save Cody. If anyone did, I thought it would just be like the normal Jey Uso War Games team, yada, yada nonsense. So. Well, there's nobody left on the War Games team because McIntyre is taking them out one by one. It's true. So, Which is another way to segue into something that I believe is pretty amazing, but I think McIntyre with his fucking terrible mullet hair but his – hairy chest and is just whatever he's got as going his on big shiny side is big i mean he just he's like fabio in a little bit you know he's just he's, he's just an ugly of, fabio an ugly uh, angry fabio the hairball of a man but man is he intimidating but but it's just like he's all over my monday night raw but he's not in the same way like he's overexposed but he's not it feels like he's just the right amount and when i'm watching him and it's like he comes out after Jey Uso gets the yeet back. So congratulations that you can get our comeback. Yeet. Yeet. Um, but the Mac apologizes for taking out Sammy, which is great heel work. 
And then he says, Jay, that's not as hard as it, you know, it, it, it is. You can, you know, and then he makes fun of some dude in the crowd, which you don't get to see a lot of that interaction with like the heckling or like picking out some random guy named Austin and then, you know, teeing off on him, which I thought was great. And then he wins the match with, yes, some chicanery with the, you know, the whole thumb to the eye or digging to the eye thing. I would love to see Jay Uso with an eye patch. Don't think it's going to happen. But then later on, we get him, you know, a bats, you know, part of the first part of the Jamaican Me Crazy thing where he gets the day one edition of Raw. A, I think that's going to be a um, chicanery, a gaga when that happens. But uh, we'll see what, what, what goes down there. I would be curious to see how that goes down because Seth Rollins beat McIntyre clean. It doesn't feel like they're going to waste it on a Monday Night Raw, right? It feels like it's going to the Rumble. Yeah, it's it's interesting because that was kind of the spot we thought that it would be, but I don't know. They they clearly like they want. I mean, that the New Year's Day it's a big show because a lot of people are off. It's a good chance to get more eyeballs. I think they will be going up against some football, but I just it's something that they earmarked. But yeah, I mean, the last one was clean. I would expect some good guy here because it's easy to run this back as the Rumble match. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it because obviously you still have the priest thing lurking. I mean, I think we're both under the assumption now it feels like they're just going to wait till mania or after mania at this point for that if they haven't done it yet. But who knows? Maybe like we said before, maybe they pulled the wool over our eyes and now that we least expect it, it'll happen. But yeah, I mean, I, I just I'm curious to see how they do it this time because if Seth just beats him again, it's like, OK, well, then, yeah, we know Drew McIntyre is a complete meltdown, but I kind of want a little more out of it. So we'll see. I'll be curious to see what happens on day one because I feel like they're going to try to stack that show considering they're going to tape Monday Night Raw or have a best of on Christmas, which makes perfect sense because everybody deserves some time that's off. That's how it should be, baby. Give them all the week off. Yeah, yeah I got to be watching anyway. So. I mean, you're working, but that's beside the point. Nobody cares yeah. about you. That's well, just, you know. It's different. It's different. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Christmas Day is the NBA's day. It always has been, man. Ah, yeah. well, you know, NBA, who cares? This right? year the NFL stealing their spotlight, but. Well, let's see if the NFL, you know, does the same ratings. I would imagine they uh, they'll NFL. they will the NFL will crush. So, crush. No accolades crush. there. Uh, what else did you crush? Like? Crush. What? Anything else you would like to talk about? Yeah, I will say this. I mean, uh, I, I'm curious how upset you're going to be about me bringing this up, but I thought Becky cooked Nia pretty good, and the more I see them together, much like I said this week. I, I actually want to see this. Like, this is, is something that, like, it's happened, what, five years ago at this point? We never had it fully paid off. I, I want to see a Becky Lynch-Nia Jax match. I just, it's one of those things that's, like, it just makes sense. Um, It just, like, they both they both kind of got their jabs in. Becky, always a little bit of corn, but she burned her pretty good with some lines. Uh, But, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I watched this, and I expected to hate it. And I was like, you know what? Even with a little bit of cringe, I still want to see this. I just, it's, I want to see this. It makes sense. It's a storyline that never got paid off. In WrestleMania, I like to see things get paid off. So, yeah, I want to see Becky Lynch versus Nia Jax. When the match happens and I come on the next week and complain about it, deal with it. But doesn't mean I, I don't have nice expectations that I actually want to see. I love how you just basically <laughs> hypocritically talk to yourself like, it's well, because amazing. I know what it's I want. It's not going to be good to be like, they fucking tricked me. But that's the beauty of WWE. That's always my thing. Get me to the match. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens, and then I'm good. Lead me to lead me to disappointment yeah. and then allow like, me to be disappointed. Because you know what? I have four weeks to think about things usually before the match happens, where the actual match is 10 to 20 minutes. So <laughs> I'd rather have the four weeks be good and have the 10 to 20 minutes be shit than vice versa. You know what? You're not wrong, pal. You're hey. just not. 
But the one thing I will say about this was like the double ACL surgery, her legs couldn't even hold her up. Like I, I (laughs) lost it with that line. I was like, that's not a line she came up with on her own. No fucking way. Um, The fact that they, they did the whole thing about the nose breaking and playing it and reminding everybody again, WWE does better than AEW. AEW, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Reeducate your audience every week. I know we get upset with the recaps in WWE, but they're there for a reason. And they need to do that in AEW. But anyway, no, you need you need more time for random continental classic matches, so you don't have to try to do storytelling. My God, my God, I can't, I don't even want to get into that. I had to get my jab in. Okay. So anyway, the the one thing that really stuck out to me, which was, yeah, their match isn't going to be that great, but they've never wrestled like since. That's the what incident. I mean. That's and, what I mean. Pay it off. And and so you want a debt to be paid, right? As a fan, mm. you want that debt, and. uh they, I don't know exactly what they said, but I wrote it down because it like it made me feel very similar, right? Where they made a comment where it was like, we could be destined to do this forever. And I just was like, there was a very Batman Joker feel here. And I was like, the one thing about Becky Lynch that I would say is that Becky Lynch always delivers when she has a good rival. Like Charlotte, right? Like Charlotte and Becky will always be tethered together, whether they're teaming or against each other. It's just that's the fucking forte, right? Now you can you can tell me that the other horsewomen are kind of part of that, but I you'd say Charlotte, right? But in terms of other rivals for Becky Lynch, we never got the one-on-one with Rhonda. We probably never will. To me, that's that one up big time. Yeah. That's the biggest rival to me that Becky Lynch has had where you felt something for her. And I think in order for Becky Lynch to continue to solidify her run here, she needs a rival. And what better way? And now I know people are going to be nauseated by this comment, but to having a actual feud with Nia until we get to Mania. No, 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 no. I said, I want to see it once. No, 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 no. I want a trilogy. I don't want a quintuply. I definitely don't want it for the next four months. Good fucking God. No, no, because here's the thing. To me, Trish Stratus and 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 Becky Lynch were terrible. Just Brutal. fucking terrible, right? But here's the thing. I have a feeling. I have a feeling here that Becky Lynch and Nia Jax will actually be pretty damn good. I really do. I'm not going to go that far. I just want to see it. That's all I, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a this is an this is an easy slam dunk feud to get <laughs> Becky Lynch all the way to WrestleMania. Cuz she doesn't need to win the Rumble. We talked about it last week. But having Becky Lynch deal with Nia Jax, it's like damage control was terrible. Trish was terrible. Zoe, whatever. And then Nia Jax. You know, it's like this poor woman, besides the fact she had a little NXT run, which was great. But I think Nia Jax could potentially be her biggest rival, like, going forward. I I truly believe that. I, I think that Nia Jax can bring something out of Becky Lynch that is missing. I really do. Like said, I'm trying to be positive it. here. I want to see it, but I don't want to see it to WrestleMania. So I'm not saying every week. Stay on the four months, eh? Listen, listen. There's got to be an elimination chamber. They'll It'll at least go through it. the Rumble because they'll probably have bullshit in the Rumble. But yeah. they'll probably fight at day one, and then they'll have bullshit in the Rumble. But then hopefully after that, we start to move on as we get towards the chamber and the other shit. All I'm saying is. I wouldn't be surprised if once Becky Lynch wins that again, that we, we see Nia rear her head and we yeah, are. And I'm just to... saying, fuck you because I don't want four months to shit. <laughs> Listen, 
you know what? I'm not, I, I don't even want to make this comparison because I'm going to get hosed for saying it, but fuck it. I'll oh, do it anyway God. because Nia Jax, when she's on my TV, I can't turn away. She's similar to CM Punk in that aspect that when she's on my TV, I just want to see what happens next. That's all. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Jesus Christ. Do you have any other shine? Do you? No. Not, not, after, not after that comment. <laughs> Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. My face hurts so much. I got through that entire thing. Um, where do we start, folks? This is just fucking irre- So I don't know if we should just do speed round bullshit, but here we are. We're on SmackDown tribute to the troops. It is what it is. It, it, it felt like a fucking ridiculous amount of nonsense for a lot of it parading around the United States flag and, and all that shit. Um, they had JBL on commentary, which I am not a fan of because JBL. Every time he's on commentary, I'm just like, man, is he ten years behind? It's just we gotta fly, do so. It's just, it's just he, he, he really like he makes comments. It's just like no one knows the reference you're making. Like no, not like he made he made a he like I know leave it to Beaver, but he made a reference to leave it to Beaver, and I'm like, do you know your audience? Get the fuck off my television, honestly, (laughs) God. Not have got that in a million years. He like he that show since I was like fucking eight. But but that's what I'm saying. Like he makes like ridiculous amounts of nonsense and so just like you no i mean they want yeah. you to take the bread no they want you to take the rolls you moron you I, fucking moron the bread the, the roll rolls um, are bread yeah whatever and then so we get into cody loves america who gives a shit it's whatever i, I mean, mean it's for america nestle you being anti-fucking i'm not anti-american i'm just saying Nestle's anti-tributing the troops no i'm not what i would like to see is just some shit that fucking makes sense instead of this. I just don't you like know it. what you're getting when you see tribute to the troops. Okay, the fact that we got fucking Cody and CM Punk is a plus in my book. Delightful. Then we have um, backstage where EO calls Bailey a bitch in Japanese. You see that? The translation was "Why is this bitch still talking?" I was I just like, Japanese. it was just someone translated to "Why is this bitch still talking?" Which I was just like, holy goddamn! But now I'm just thinking to myself. We have six more weeks of this to the Rumble. Six more weeks of this, I mean, Nestle, We've been dealing with this damage control bullshit for over a year. It can't be worse than it has been. At least oh, I, it can I be. Can see, I can see that little trickle of light, like the little trickle of light coming from the corner, this corner of my camera, the, the light at the end of the tunnel of Bailey getting away from damage control. I can see it finally. It's been very dark in damage control for a long time, but I see that little trickle of light. So Nestlemania. You just got to believe. But yeah, this shit was in my heat. This was terrible. And it sucks. Charlotte appeared to get injured again uh, in the rematch with Asuka. It's just like, yeah, it just SmackDown is just woof. It is so hard to watch SmackDown sometimes. Like, there are portions portions where it's really good. And then there, I'm just thinking to myself, the tag division is not existent. The champions are non-existent. The women's division is in shambles. And all I well, can think about is, is existent. It's just not very good existence. Yeah, but just just having a pulse isn't good. It's just the option. You know what I mean? Like if Grayson at- Waller wasn't on SmackDown, I probably wouldn't even watch. SmackDown. I mean, the the only reason you watch SmackDown this week is because Cody Rhodes was advertised, CM Punk was advertised, and that was it. I mean, you that's it. I don't think there's anything else that could have told you. Different. I watch for Grayson Waller and Austin Theory because I love them. So 
I just, I just can't do it. I just, I, I refuse to do it. But anyway, we get to something that really bothered me. And because I'm a nitpicky nestle, it was just one of those things that nobody talked about on social media because it was buried by CM Punk being there, Cody Rhodes fart in America, and all these other nonsensical things. Solo was wearing boots and kick pads. Solo went against the grain of Samoa tradition and decided to wear kick pads and boots when he's trying to be Umaga and now he's not and he's a street fighter and why do street fighters need kick pads and boots when he was wearing just perfectly good taped up feet and feet are just as effective and he was solo and he was fighting and now he's got stupid boots on and he looks like just every other schmuck in the whole universe instead of looking cool and crazy like a wild Samoan and now I'm just upset that he's wearing footwear. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you like Justin Timberlake? I used to. Cry me a river. Who fucking cares? I'll tell you what. If Umaga was wrestling today, he'd probably wear boots too. You know why? Because his feet probably fucking hurt. Okay? He wants to cover them up. Give him a little bit of protection. Plus, feet are disgusting and should be covered 24 hours a day. No one wants to see your goddamn feet. So, Solo, I give you a Samoan salute for covering those feet and protecting your feet. So, bravo, Solo. JC, do you use protection? My feet, yes. No, my feet. Are just overall, covered. are you a big fan of protection? Um, when do you feel? Do you feel better without protection? On my feet? No. No, I'm just saying in general. How do you feel about? Oh uh, well, we're talking about feet here, Nestlemania. No, I'm talking about you in general. I well, I'm talking. Do you about walk me, around? But... Do you walk around barefoot? I I can I can guarantee. I don't actually. You I walk around in socks all the time. All the time. I sleep in socks. I do everything in socks. Not you don't shower and go in the pool in socks. You I've well, seen you. I've seen you shower in sandals. I've seen, you in sandals. I've seen you in sandals. Well, yeah, when you go to the beach or when you go to a pool, because guess what? There's water there. You might want to put your feet in the I've water. I've seen you non-water scenario where you are wearing sandals. Yeah, but I usually honestly when I walk around in sandals around my apartment, I have socks on. I do socks and sandals. If I go to the store sometimes, I don't feel like putting on shoes. I wear socks and sandals. People say as a fashion you European. Thing. I say, no, I say you're a fucking moron. I like to be comfortable and I don't feel like taking off my socks. So suck it. But you're not letting yourself be free. Oh no, I'm free in many ways in WrestleMania, but not my feet. My Listen, feet deserve to be locked up like everyone else's Just feet. because you walk around naked in your apartment doesn't mean that's free. What I'm saying here is you that you- spying on me? No, I don't spy on you. You have told me many a time you walk around- Who doesn't walk towel. around naked? Well, I don't live by myself like you do, yeah. so I can't do that. I've also walked around naked when I don't live by myself sometimes, you know? Well, that's a gamble in and to itself, isn't it? Mm. I'm just Not saying. Not I'm seen just it saying. Before. Just because they haven't was, seen it, I've seen it, you know? Just just because you can't see it doesn't mean they can see it either. It's fine. Uh, no, I'm just saying. It's, it's nothing I haven't seen before, you know, whether it's Well, there no or not. one else wants to see it, that's for sure. Otherwise, you'd be have people knocking down your door. But that's not no, the fact. No one's told me that yet, you know? And I, no one's, no one's, no told one's me ever that. said no. All right, that's fine. <laughs> See, I think you're trying to get in a different territory. I'm here talking about feet and how feet are disgusting. Well, you hate you're feet trying to bring about other things. I'm talking about protecting your feet and so listen, it's I a double entendre. It's cheeky. That's what we do here. We're cheeky on the knocker. Okay. That's Cheeky's all he's on the other side of the body, Adam. Who the fuck is Adam? You Who are. No, you are. No, I'm not Adam. I'm JC. <laughs> you are not Adam. It you says are right not there. The father. Is- at JC of the JK, right on the screen. I am at zero. I mean, I'm zero Riz. I yeah, that's me. That's zero Riz. At least the computer knows it because you certainly don't. I've certainly not. I couldn't add up Riz if I tried. Um, <laughs> something else that moves on to Raw, which is where I get kind of whatever. It is what it is. Uh, Maxine and Rhea just 
real hard on the diarrhea on this one. That, that was a tough match. I'm just that, saying. I, it's, it's, it's not necessarily Rhea's fault. It's not necessarily Maxine's fault. It's the fact that they put Maxine in the ring with zero experience against well, someone. No, no, it's not that. It. It's just like they tried to do a lot, and it just wasn't. It looked like those two had never worked together before. You it, think? It's probably true. Come but on. It just, like, it's, 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 that's the thing is like, the one thing I will say about Maxine is she's willing to try things. Now, <laughs> yeah, everybody's willing, willing to, to do it at least once. Green, there's going to be mistakes. Um, you know, our boy Mafu is uh, getting uh, some nice material this week, but listen, listen, yeah, just, this, because, this match just is because not what a... I would call this match is not what I would call a wrestling classic. Listen, just because you have someone that's willing to try something for the first time doesn't mean it's going to end up very well for everybody. I know, involved. but you know how you learn WrestleMania by failing. I thought you were going to say by fucking, but failing. I mean, you can learn a few things about that too. But well, you don't want to fucking fail, and you don't want to fail while you fuck. It's really. I mean, either sometimes way. to fail, sometimes to fuck, you have to fail and then fail and fuck some more. And it's true. They're both f words. They are. And honestly, you're always better at coming out on top. You know. It is what it is. But anyway, it was a terrible match. I don't know where we were going with this. It was fucking bad. It was just fucking bad across the I board. did like the Ivy Nile stare down because I tell you what, if Ivy and Rhea wrestle, that will not be a terrible match. I like how big it goes, man, is Ivy Nile still small? Like, you I just know. look at her and you're like, doesn't matter. She's like a pint size of pain. It's honestly, great. she's going to be such a good baby face because of that. Oh, because yeah. she's going to be able to do things that like bigger, like stronger women can do. But being in that small package, it makes her like instantly like likable. So I might, my, my thing is, is that and you're probably going to think I'm fucking weird for this, but how would, let me just paint this picture for you and, and think that you would, if you think this is good and that you think it's entertaining and that it would, you would enjoy it as a fan. The one thing that I think endeared us the most, besides the fact that he's an ogre and like falls over his feet that Braun Strowman did were these massive feats of strength, right? Like tipping over the fucking ambulance, tipping over the semi, not that Ivy Nile is going to do these things, but I think leading up to their match, Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just saying we need feats of strength that are incredible that Ivy can accomplish to point the point home here, bring it on home that Ivy Nile can actually be in the same ring as Rhea Ripley doing some muscly things. That's all I'm saying. Flexing. <laughs> That's it. I just want to use Braun Strowman as an example. He's like, oh, let's put the biggest guy on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I'll do that stuff. Yeah. Have her have her flip a have her flip a gurney, not a full ambulance. Have her have her put out a tire. Have her flip a gurney. I can flip a gurney. I'm just trying to say what's but actually going to happen. She can bench press the fuck out of me. I'm sure she could. Do that. Make her make her bench press our truth. Something, anything. It'd be funny. I think when you show off her skill set in terms of her strength, that's where you're going to buy in that she's good. You missed the easy solution. You have her just body slam Dom. That'll get a huge pop. No, that doesn't instantaneously, mean anything. Instantaneously over, and it pisses off Rhea a, because that's mommy. He's a cuck. Have her body slam Priest. No, it's more. No, it works better with Dom because that's her Dom ooh, Dom. Ooh, ooh. Have her body slam Dom and JD at the same time. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. There it is. I should be booking this shit. I am fucking, I am a genius. Anyway, moving on to things that really weren't very good either. Um, Let me make sure I've got everything here. We have this random match where Candice and Indy lose, which it is a jobber alert, but I kept thinking to myself, they're a real fucking tag team. Now, granted, the other tag team was a real tag team too, and they need some... They need some baby faces to go after, uh, of course, Candice, not Candice, excuse me, um, 
the tag team champions. Like have, thank you. Yeah, I can't even think this right because you got me all flustered. Um, doesn't take very much. But Candice, I know Candice and and Indy have this match, and I kept thinking to myself. When are they going to get their fucking shot? Like, when are they going to be? It's a carousel. Kane and Katana lost. Now they're winning. They get their shot. Then if they don't win, we go to the next team on the carousel, baby. Let me ask you a question. Where the voodoo voodoo bitches at? Where the voodoo bitches at? They're cutting those promos, and now they're just like, yeah, whatever. Those cauldron bitches just I would like to see what Isla Dawn's up to. I would also like to see what up and down is Dawn. I would like to see all of it, to be honest, because honestly. Up, up, Dawn, Dawn? Up, up, Don, Don. There you go. New t-shirt. <laughs> uh, look, so look, I want the voodoo bitches to win those things, but because they have a great fucking tag finish and they seem like a cool tag team and it's entertaining. There's, there's a plethora of things you can do with it, but they're not gonna like, they're not even on my TV. Like it's, it's, they can't even get women on SmackDown to wrestle. Like it's unbelievable to me. So yeah, I, they should just put them on Raw with all the women tag teams on Raw because there's at least segments on Raw for women's tag teams. Yes. Every week. There's some sort of segment. So but yeah, I'm excited. Kane and Katana get title shot next week. They I love watching them wrestle because they do things as a tag team that other teams just don't do because of their size and their athleticism. They have such a fascinating moveset. They they're dressed the same. They like they're they're just like they look like a real tag team. And it's nice to see. It's more appealing to watch someone who enjoys tag team wrestling to watch a team that's been together, that works together, that has a full set of tag team moves where they're just busting out new shit every week. So I'm excited to watch what they can do next week. I hope they win. I think that'd be fun, but who knows? Who knows? Those tag titles are just fucking fucked either way. Um, I'm curious. This was heat for me with Nakamura and Cody, but of course you defend Cody to the end. Oh, no, I didn't bring this up for a reason. Okay. This is heat. Okay. All right. Go ahead, baby. They fucked this. They sold me on it last week. Then they fucked it this week. It's like, oh, come on. Here we go. Typical Rob bullshit. I will say the anime stuff was interesting for half half a second. And then... The, the I literally, I can't say this out loud because I watch Raw, you know, late at night and I can't scream or shout or yell being whatever. Um, but when I saw the red mist, I kept thinking to myself, do you think Cody just did that so he could just have red in his blonde hair to be like, look at him like my dad. Yeah, so he probably like, fuck you, Moxley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Huge wangs in the house with a lot of emojis with the alerts and penis emojis. It's all over the place. That, that is a, I believe it is a. Um... A purple Peter leader, yeah. Yeah, that thing. It's an eggplant. Eggplant. I was blanking on the word. Wang gang, stand up. <laughs> sort of says. I just think that's funny. Nessa loves the Wayne. He's a big Wayne I, guy. Listen, I if Wayne comes, if huge Wayne comes in the jobber knocker thread every time, he's always welcome. The Wednesday night. Nessa Wang. loves huge Wayne in his threads. That's yes, that's true. And my DMs. That's what I want. Well, Wang's in my DMs is what I want. Um, anything else you want to get hopeful? <laughs> Be careful saying that because you might get it. <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing to say about Cody and Nakamura. It's just like it, it's just it's side quest Cody, man. And it's just like they they kind of like lured you in, like, oh, we had a good episode leading into the side quest. Then we get what's this, and we're just like, ah, oh, okay, they're still dragging this shit out. Next. Yeah, it's bad. And it's not gonna end, folks. It's just gonna keep on keeping on. Get me to the rumble. Do you think Cody Rhodes might not be in the final four because Nakamura will throw him out or do something? Don't, don't, even, don't even start Nestlemania. Do you think that's gonna happen? No. They're going to fucking, it's, it, I mean, it's not going to come down to him and Punk. Adrenaline in my soul, thrown out of the rumble in the middle. It's going to be great. I mean, the chances of him coming out first is very high. So, 
Uh, yeah, it's just, it's so bad for me to think about all these things. By the way, Doc, uh, fuck you. It's nice to see you. All right, wonderful. Moving on to things that matter. It's time to get hopeful. Um, would you have a hope prepared? I think not. I'll go first. I think you should go first because uh, you're not prepared. I am prepared. I have a better hairline than everybody in this entire thread. Um, so I'm going to go first. My hope is very simple. As CM Punk has declared himself for the Royal Rumble, folks, people are wondering, can CM Punk be a good boy? Can CM Punk do the unthinkable? He's talked about finishing his story and winning the Royal Rumble was a uh, big check mark on the old Phil Brooks list. I say he wins the Royal Rumble. He picks Seth Rollins. He then goes on to night one and wins. And to show a gesture of good faith, he then either gets cashed in immediately or on Monday, and Priest then beats him in the biggest stage that he possibly can to make Priest a bigger deal. Because I think Priest beating Punk does more for Priest than Priest beating Rollins. And I think it shows that Priest is then off to the races. Seth Rollins can kick him in the nuts or do something weird to be pissed off. And they continue that feud without the championship. And then CM Punk was a good boy and showing that he can work with everybody and not have a fucking conniption. So conniption punk. And that's my hope, folks. CM Punk wins, he loses, and he's a good boy. The end. So you don't want him to win the title first and immediately lose it? You want him to lose originally or? No, no, no. I want him to win it at Mania. Okay, and immediately and get cashed out and then get cashed in on, or we'll wait till Monday. But either way, quick and easy. They do love the Monday after Mania cash in. They do. They do. And I think Priest needs something. I would even go as far, folks, to say that Priest may not even be on the WrestleMania card just to throw us off. There's a chance they still have the tag titles. <laughs> uh, don't say those things. That that right there is the most perfect. If the Creeds don't beat them, you think fucking the, the fucking eh, emo son of fucking Gargano and Champ are going to win? I don't think so. Listen, they are Not as long as they have that sign. They are building up do it yourself it. Is that what he called them? Do it do yourself it or something? Do yourself it. Do yourself it. And Wade's like, it's your favorite team, Cole. Do it, do yourself it. (laughs) But listen, we're down to like six teams that could potentially do it, and probably more like two. But there they are. So I would think that Priest would not be on WrestleMania at this point, just to throw us off. Yeah, I, I doubt that. I doubt that highly. Nestlemania, my hope, because I had one the whole time. Uh, you're a Lies. Lies. We're going to SmackDown, and we are going to the United States title tournament, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, this is a thing. Uh, as we saw last week, we didn't talk about it, but Santos beat Dragon Lee to advance. Uh, Bobby beat Karrion Cross. Welcome back. Uh, you get an L uh, in the tournament. And this week, we have Kevin Owens versus Theory and Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller. They blew the surprise by having HBK announce it on, I believe it was Monday night or Tuesday night. I don't fucking know. But it's going to be Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller. I'm a full chub about that. But it got me to thinking. That means Carmelo Hayes is going to be on SmackDown this week, WrestleMania. And I have to look at the bracket. I have to pull up. Do you know uh, who would face Bobby? Is it, does, with Carmelo one, would he face Bobby or would he face? Kevin Owens. Oh, he faced Kevin Owens? Yes. So that kind of ruins it. But uh, but my my point is that, you know, we've had the rumors of Carmelo possibly joining forces with Bobby and the Prophets. Well, now suddenly they're going to be on the show this week. Maybe next week. So what could that mean? We could have a little bit of a scissoring. That's the other show. But they could link up. And that could be a way to get Carmelo Hayes towards the main roster. And it's one of those things. You look back in time and you're thinking, huh. Could Bobby Lashley be the Farouk for Carmelo Hayes? 
to overtake him on his Rocky Maivia climb to the top. Uh, but no, it just it, it would make sense. This been the rumor. Carmelo, they're the Bobby and Prophets kind of have this heel vibe. Uh, Carmelo's kind of trending, especially if you watched NXT on Tuesday with that. Uh, with uh, he's obviously going to have some business with Trick to deal with. But I think this could be a way we could finally start to like, you know, maybe like set the table for that to happen. So that's my hope is that we get a little interaction on Friday, and if he wins, maybe the week after that, and then eventually Carmelo Hayes will be a part of the uh, Bobby Lashley family. That's what I'm just going to call it because I don't know what to call it. May I have a volley, sir? Sure. Let me enhance your hope. Ready? You can't enhance my hope. It's super enhanced. So, yeah. Well, besides the fact that you've taken. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Anyway, so you want you want Carmelo Hayes to be part of the Bobby faction, right? Yeah. What if the Bobby faction, those three, maybe even Omos are the people and the reason for attacking Trick Williams. And I don't like cross I think it's just easier to just have it be have it just be Carmelo. I think that's interesting to me because then it's just like okay, Trick and now has like Trick's fucked. Like to me that's interesting to me where you're like he they beat up that they did that for Carmelo for a reason so Carmelo could get something and he didn't and I think it I think it would work perfectly I think it'd be awesome because I mean, they could do it I just I think it would be better especially the way they're building that like we finally get like footage of Carmelo actually like taking him out as opposed to him hiring someone I think that's a little bit of a cop out but it's interesting because obviously like look at Carmelo whatever his whenever he finishes with NXT he's gonna be putting trick over before he does because we're assuming that fucking Melo's gonna cost him at the New Year's Evil, and then that'll fucking we'll have Carmelo and Trick fight for a little while. And then I I do think WrestleMania weekend could be when Trick gets over Ilya to win that championship. So I think we're in for some good storytelling by the Booker of the Year, uh, Shawn Michaels down in NXT. So I'm excited. You're not going to tell me that Tony Khan's the Booker of the Year again? Shawn Michaels? No, Shawn Michaels has been the Booker of the Year like three years in a row now. Fucking NXT has the best fucking stories. Everyone has a story. Everything on TV matters. Some of it's kind of cringe, but I'm okay with it because at least they're trying and everyone has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. The complete opposite of AEW, which is just like, match, 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 diarrhea all over the fucking show. You hear that, Tony Khan? matches everywhere. Everybody has a purpose. Or a purpose. Or a purpose. It is what it is. Let's get a comeback going, shall we? Speaking of NXT, mine's from NXT and Nestlemania. It is Miss Cora Jade who won up Blair Davenport's big moment after she won the Iron Survivor by attacking Lyra Valkyria. So it appears that uh, Lyra will likely run through Blair Davenport on New Year's Evil as we prepare for her bigger matchup against the returning Cora Jade, who has been out, like, I believe six to eight months uh, with a chest injury. Uh, she seems to have it <laughs> patched up, though, because <laughs> everyone's noticed the work, but Cora's back. Cora's a good mean girl. Um She's very happy to see Punk because she's one of the AG, AJ babies. But Cora was had a great heel turn, and she was one of the better heels on the show. Um, so it's nice to have her back into a absolutely stacked women's division. I gotta say, we'll talk more about NXT in a little bit. Uh, the the pay per view PLE, excuse me. Uh, but I I was so fascinated with the 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 whole just the new renaissance of the women's division in NXT. Like, there's almost like tears to it. It's kind of bizarre, but there's, there's a like, lot of fucking women in that division. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Um, my comeback. Are you sitting down? What does it look like? 
I don't know. You I'm could not, be really. I'm short. not on my knees. You could be really short. You could be part of the Munchkin Parade, like I fucking know. Doc over here with the fucking we represent the lollipop guild. And then he's fucking short. Anyway, moving on to my comeback this week. That's right, folks. TJ, it is not a fever dream, my friend. I'm giving my comeback to one Joseph. No, I'm kidding. Not Joseph. I'm giving it to one Jonathan Gargano. That's right. Jonathan Gargano. Johnny Gargano gets my comeback this week. He put out a fucking video about how he wanted to wrestle in the building that he told everybody he was going to wrestle in. He finally did it. He should have fucking won the six-man tag. He should have fucking been the one that pinned him. I know why they did it, because of the Miz going off with Gunther and all that nonsense. But God damn it, Johnny Gargano has turned a leaf on the Nestle. I would say I am going full Nestle on this, and I You're will say this. shit. Johnny so Gargano. Johnny Gargano. That promo endeared something inside this cold black heart. This rebel heart, maybe, perhaps. And I think that Johnny Gargano has turned a corner, and I think that I can do some healing now and officially say that Johnny Gargano is a Nestle guy. You're trying to curse him. No, You're I'm not. such a fucking fraud. No, you I'm are not. such a fraud. You no. are a complete liar. No. Oh, no. my God. You are such a fraud. I love, I, I think Johnny Gargano has, has, has turned a page in my book and I believe because of a random six man tag match where mm -hmm. in his hometown where the Miz was the star of it. And the best part of it was them like being like, oh, God, here he comes. And Miz throwing his arms around these two guys that were his fucking enemies. Like, literally, I love that they called back to it like the Dexter Loomis storyline because that was just so funny. And I'm like, this is why I love wrestling because we go through this fucking ridiculous feud. And now it's just like, hey, guys, what's up? it's such a Miz thing, though. It worked. Did you do you watch soap operas? Have you ever watched a soap opera? It's essentially the same thing. So I how many I times? I soap operas, but I watch many, CW shows. So listen, listen. Shout out to shout out to Mama Nessel. Her entire life, she's watched General Hospital, and that has been one of those things where it's like so and so sleeping with so and so, and then this person's a, this thing, and then they're they're enemies, and then they're friends, and then this person's like the long lost brother who's dead. It's when you watch that shit, you're like, this is outrageous. How can anybody fucking watch this? And it's been on for like 40 to 50 fucking years. Wrestling's the same fucking way. So when I look at it, I think to myself, that makes perfect fucking sense. That the Miz would be tagging up with fucking Champa and Gargano. And honestly, you know what? I don't want them to win the tag titles. I do not want Do Yourself It to win those tag titles. But I don't mind them on my TV. And I think Johnny Gargano did a great job. And I just... I thought that the crowd was behind him, and I just thought he should have won that match. That's all. <sighs> well, guess what, Nestle? There was another guy in that match from Cleveland who's a bigger star than him so far. So, Oof. yeah. I am not buying this fucking Johnny Gargano facade. For that case, we're going to go to the big all finish on SmackDown this week. Roman Reigns returns. Holy shit. Uh, I forgot he existed. Damn we it. also have, like I mentioned earlier, the U.S. title uh, tournament matches. Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller. That'll be a banner. Kevin Owens, in theory, also will be a banner. I'm assuming we both think KO and Melo are going to win. I think that that's the safest bet. However, <laughs> what? You just want to like, I think. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but I could see KO losing. Yeah, I feel like he's winning the tournament, so. I would think so. But at this point, it just feels like, do they want, like, KO seems like the slam dunk. But if they're doing the fucking arm thing, who knows? Who knows? I think I think Waller has a better chance to beat Melo than uh, 
than Theory does of beating KO. That's just me, though. Okay. That, well, we'll I, think, see. I think the babies are winning the day, though. Uh, and then on Raw and WrestleMania, we have the Tag Team Monday, baby. The Judgment Day defend against the Creed Brothers, and Chelsea and Piper defend their women's tag titles against Katana and Kaden. Do we see new champs from either one? No. Not a fucking no way. Maybe the women's, definitely not the men's. All right, Creed, we can book it. Nestle Curse. Creed Brothers are winning on Monday. He is continuing to double down on the uh, the Judgment Day, honestly. I think that I agree. I think the women's have a better chance of a surprise change, but you never know. Uh, AEW, we're not doing this week because it's Wednesday, but WrestleMania, we will go to NXT deadline on Saturday. I thought they had a fun show as always, and they kicked off the show with uh, the sexy boy, and he was interrupted by the punky boy. I did. I didn't enjoy it because I was just like, this just doesn't seem authentic at all. It just seems it like was fucking, a way to pump up the crowd. It was, it was, it was cool. a fucking. It was yeah, a parade. Never been on NXT. It was a cool way to do it. They did the whole gimmick of, oh, he missed his flight. He has to stay in town. It's like, yeah, bullshit. But no, it was. It was. I thought it was a cool little way to kick off the show. Shawn Michaels usually never comes out, but I think for this it made sense. And they're trying to play up this whole free agent bullshit. So you know, he had to make an offer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be right back. Shocker. All right, you you talk about the next thing. I'll be right back in 10 seconds. Something happened. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, well, I don't really want to talk about it because Dom lost and I'm upset. He's upset there was no judgment day to help him. Dragon Lee does pick up the win in front of Dominic's father and Dragon Lee's hero, Rey Mysterio. Wow, this is like the best conversation I've ever had with my co-host here, uh, as you can see. But but yeah, Dragon Lee wins. This was a solid match. It wasn't anything special, but new NXT North American champ. I'm not even going to let Nestle talk about it because we're going to go on to the Women's Iron Survivor match, uh, which I thought this match was a star-making performance for our girl Fallon Henley. I thought Kalani mm. Jordan had some nice athletic moments. Um, and yeah, Blair Davenport picks up the surprise win. You thought it would be Tiffy time. I thought maybe we'd have an upset. But yeah, the takeaways for me was uh, Fallon looked great. I think she really leveled up. And obviously, Cora's return after the match uh, kind of told us that Blair's just, you know, a notch on the belt for Lyra. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what I noticed about this matchup that made me feel like, okay, Kalani Jordan, very raw. Doesn't make any sense is what it is, right? It's, it, is, it is what it is. She needs a lot of work, but she's got a lot of potential there. Blair Davenport, snooze fest. Don't give a shit. I just, she's I can't. Not, you, she, she's not for me. She's got bangs. Any wrestler with bangs, I'm out. I That's just... Wow. Nestle's a Bane's gamer. I am a Bane's gamer. Anything with bangs, I'm out. I don't care. Wow. Anyway, moving on to the other women in this matchup. Uh, I thought Tiffy Time was going to win. That woman is an insane human being, by the way. She needs to, she is going, someone needs to stop her from doing those swanton dives because she is like a half a second away, a hair away from landing on her head every single time. Said that about Jeff Hardy for 20 years and he turned Well, Jeff on. Hardy is pilled up out of it. Well, was pilled up out of his mind. So that's fine. He couldn't feel a goddamn thing, but she's a fucking maniac. And then you're sitting there. Who else was in this matchup? Uh, your girl, oh. Lash Legend. Oh, so you know what? She almost won. You know what's funny to me is that, like, as she was watching, as, as she was wrestling, I kept watching it going, this fucking woman's going to win. I'm going to have to eat crow. And then she lost. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Because if I had to come on this program and say something about Lash Legend, I would have I would have had to vomit. I would have literally taken out my bucket right here. You can't see it. Uh, well, you can see it, but you can't really, you know, if it's on audio. But I would puke into this bucket. I would. Because Lash Legend, although she can body slam Otis, not for me. Yeah, here, there's, some, 
There's something about her that just doesn't doesn't. Kalani Jordan, star. Fallon Henley, absolutely star. Tiffy Top, absolutely tippy top, star. Blair Davenport, might as well be under the rug. I don't care. Lash Legend, step up from Blair Davenport. But that's about it, folks. That's all I'll say about that. What? Wow, high praise there for Lash Legend. But yeah, uh, we have a match that you know they'll probably lose. Next up, we have. Carmelo Hayes versus Lexus King. This was a match, Melo won. But after the match, the headline is Lexus says that he wasn't the one who attacked Trick and it was all facade to get that P-L-E spotlight. I do like that portion of it. I do too, because he just did the same thing with the breakout tournament on Tuesday. Took on a competitor, put himself into that, much like Tiffany Stratton did. So I think it's interesting to me because I'm not a fan of Brian Pillman or Lexus King, but I like his presentation the problem I have with it is it's so inauthentic and fake with the way he delivers it. I don't believe him when he talks. So it's just like when the undertaker, I know you hate saying the undertaker thing, but like the undertaker always says like, stop pretending to be a wrestler and start acting like a real wrestler. He's still in that pretending to be a wrestler stage. So I just, I'm not into it yet. Um, Every time I look at him, I think of the tiger King. So that's the problem for me uh, <laughs> taking him seriously. Uh, but Again, I don't know. I think he should have his name, but whatever. All right, moving on. Next up, we have an epic match with an epic comeback as we whoop that trick. What? Whoop that trick. Yeah, yeah. whoop that trick. Oh, it's so good. It's just, it's so good. And then on Tuesday, he did like the Booker thing himself. It was, it was fucking perfect. But yeah, this was, this is a crazy match. It was insane. Obviously, Braun Breaker came in, got three falls. You had the big fucking goons going at it the whole match. Uh, Tyler Bate doing uh, Beatty type things. But Trick Williams like went from no falls to a win. They timed this perfectly. It was well executed. He got that final pin with like a second to spare. It was a cool comeback. That's what's interesting to me about this match is that it is kind of weird when you start because it's kind of like similar thing to war games, but it's like there is an advantage though to coming out first and coming out last for different reasons. Cause if you come out first, you obviously have more time to get falls, but as Booker pointed out, it's also harder because you guys are fresh and there's no damage where someone like Braun comes in fourth spear, spear, spear one, two, three, and he's in the lead. So I think it's kind of interesting with this match because there's all different types of possibilities they can do with it. It's obviously a completely new concept as of last year, but it's one of those matches that it has to be booked well. And man, I thought they nailed the booking this year. I was really impressed with this matchup. I thought everybody looked great. It was the embodiment of what Braun Breaker is in 40 seconds, which was great. And then, you know, Tyler Bate was basically the glue that held that thing together for a very long time. And I was very proud of him because I was just like, look at this little guy go. He's doing so well. He's a big shot boy. Did you hear the fight? Yeah, oh, yeah. Fucker T going like, oh, he's big. He's big. And big. then he's like, what about Tyler Bates? He's like, well, he's, he's a big shot boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So it was good. good. It was so good. Like, Trick did a great job timing-wise. The crowd mm. just fucking loves him. He's, he's, he's raw, too, though. Like, he's not necessarily somebody that I'm looking at thinking like, He's not a bull in a china shop either. Yeah, like but he he, is. he he leveled up when he fought Ilya Dragunov. Like they're using that as a storyline, but watching that match, it was like this kid leveled up because obviously, when you're fucking mellow sidekick, you feel like a sidekick. You look like a sidekick because you're the sidekick to one of the most talented wrestlers in NXT by far. So it's just like it made sense. But what's cool about this storyline is it's kind of like 
it's a storyline, but it's also real life where like we're watching Trick level up because we know he came in as a football player with no experience. He's a guy they built from the ground up. He had the charisma. He has a unique thing. He has a cool look. He's super athletic. He's big. And now that he's finally starting to get the chops a little bit, he's proven he can go. But the more time he has in that ring, man, he's just going to age like a fine wine. And it's kind of cool to see. And every time he gets in there with Dragon off, you know it's just going to make him better and better. Because you do not leave the same wrestler after you uh, wrestle Ilya. Because that man is a fucking clinic. And I am so excited for uh, for day one or, or, or New Year's Evil. Because, I mean, I think Trick's already obviously had his coming out party. The crowd feels it. His entrance is fucking amazing. So I'm 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 pumped, man. I'm excited. They gave us what we wanted, and we're gonna get to see it again. I will say the down point of this entire match was Eddie Thorpe coming out for that. Yes. I was like, Eddie Thorpe with his one earring, and I'm just like, <laughs> he sometimes has two. I don't know. He sometimes he always takes them off. It's just like when I saw him, I'm like, there's Dijak, and he's doing his thing, and then I see Eddie Thorpe, and I'm like, well. This is something like this is unbelievably unnecessary. I was, it is. was kind of obvious though, because Dijak wrote him off TV. We knew yep. Dijak wasn't going to win this. It was just an easy way. Just they fought on Tuesday. Well, they they kind of fought. It was kind of like a fake match because they had some turnbuckle spot. I don't know if you saw it. So I did. Probably gonna end up being a street fight, but I don't know. I'm not. Neither of their characters kind of interest me that much. I don't. I'm not overly there. I think there's a reason Dijak had to go back to NXT. Um, to kind of polish it off, but I don't know. I just I don't fully understand the Eddie Thorpe character quite yet. Uh, he doesn't have one. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, yeah. So it's tough for me to get invested in those guys quite yet. Okay, that's fair. Next up, we have Kiana James and Roxanne Perez. Kiana James picks up the win thanks to Izzy Dame. Uh, and yeah, I mean it just. This was an obvious one we probably should have seen coming because Roxanne's days in NXT are numbered. Um, it's just like this was a feud. Uh, you get to her on a PLE. You kind of shine up Kiana, someone they think highly of a little bit here, who has a cool entrance and like an interesting, uh, easy-to-understand gimmick. Um, but, yeah, this definitely was – I mean, it was the match before the main event for a reason. It's just like it's it was in a tough spot and in general, but it's also – it's what you had to put in that spot. It's the worst match of the PLE by far because it was a let me up match. It was the wrath bathroom break. Even though we don't like steel cage matches on this program, that's one thing. However, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I do not like Kiana James, and it's not like I don't like her because I'm supposed to not like her. It's a, it's almost like they express mailed her gimmick to her, and that there's no, like. I appreciated the whole point of her getting into the bar thing and trying to take Fallon's bar away and that whole thing and like falling in love with Brooks. Like I thought that was at least some character development and stuff. I thought that she did good there, but you know, and then they win the tag titles and the whole thing. But then I felt like she kind of fell off the face of the earth for a little bit. And then she's doing this thing with Roxanne, but I don't believe anything that's going on here. Like, I just feel like, okay, she's, her her gimmick isn't good enough to get to the main roster as is because I feel like there's too many people that can be that already. I mean, you can say that about a lot of these gimmicks. I mean, there's a reason that's what NXT is for. It's to kind of shine them up. She's been there. I think she debuted like last year. So, um, you know, still one of those things. But I don't mind. She's like, it's a it's a it's a boss bitch gimmick. We've seen it's not that we haven't seen before with like the briefcase and stuff like that. I think it works better with an assistant, which is what Izzy Dame is going to provide. Um, I mean, you could argue since her split with Fallon, she's been doing a hell of a lot more than Fallon has. Who's just been kind of like a sidekick up until the Iron Survivor, which I was very happy to see because 
we both love Fallon. So it's nice to see her get her moment, but they both were kind of in that territory of like, okay, what do we do now after we got through that storyline? But I think they both rebounded because look at a few of the Roxanne, I think is a big deal because she's someone that you pay attention to in NXT because you know, she's a superstar and she's going to be on this main roster sooner rather than later. And it just feels like they're going to use her to kind of prop up a few women on the way out. So, okay. Next up, main event WrestleMania, Biker Corbin and his badass entrance taking on Dragunov. But uh, as we see, Ilya doesn't lose very often because Ilya is a stud. So Ilya picks up the win. But I enjoyed this match. It was a hard-hitting match I expected. I mean, you, not that Ilya is a small man, but everybody's smaller comparison to, you know, Baron Corbin. But Baron Corbin, I, I mean, you turned me around on Corbin, what, like three, four years ago? And then ever since we've been on this program touting how much we love Baron Corbin, but I really don't know if that guy will ever get his flowers. Cause when I was watching that magic, I'm thinking he to myself, kind of has this year though. Like it's what we had. Remember you had the moments in like France and then yeah. NXT, like the tons of getting, like, I think this, it's one of those like way, the way his gimmick is best. He's never going to get that. But I think he's someone now that like, I think people have more appreciation for what I think you mean is that he might not ever get that moment that we want for him. Yes. He might not ever actually get the world title, yeah. which is a bummer because I think he's a guy that is very capable of it. But I think it's one of those things where like, he's gotten so good at his role that it's hard to take him out of it. And I think that's kind of why he went to NXT. It was kind of like to refresh and kind of like do something different so he could come back anew. But I just think they look at him like, man, he is such a good fucking adversary to put in with someone. We don't have to worry about him between the ropes either because he makes people look good. He gets a reaction. So, I mean, it's the same kind of thing we've seen with Theory and we see with Finn Balor and these other guys when they're heels. It's like they kind of stuck in this rut where it's just like they're on TV every week and they're putting on banner matches, but it's just like, it kind of ruins their like personal upside because they're so good in that role. I just think he's, he's worth taking a flyer on in terms of just having a championship just one time. I think he's, he can do it. I think, he, you know, he's, he's been to the, he's a top. world heavyweight champion. He is a oh, one yeah. or two time world heavyweight champion for sure. Will they do it? We'll see. They, it's a long list, man. Long list. Unfortunately it's stacked and crowded and that's not yeah. a good thing for people like him. Uh, anything else? Or would you like to get out of here? I think that's it, baby. We're going to ignore AW because AW is going on right now. Uh, hopefully, they have a great night of uh, Continental Classic that I can fast forward. On that note, thank you for listening and watching the Jobberknocker podcast. We'll be back next week with some more Jobberknockery. Oh, thank you. Thank you.